up in this week's Triton Spotlight, we're posting up to talk UC San Diego women's basketball. On today's show, we'll be joined by grad student Sydney Brown. The All-Big West team and All-Academic team honoree will take us on her basketball journey from upstate New York to New York City to UC San Diego. Sid shares why community service is so important to her, why she stuck around this year to keep hooping and pursue her master's, and where her newfound love of shopping comes from. Plus, we'll put Sid through the ringer with our popular Quick Pick segment. What's been her pregame jam for the last 10 years? Which European country is at the top of her list? Find out when we sit down with Sydney Brown in this week's Triton Spotlight. Welcome to episode 75 of Triton Cast, the podcast for UC San Diego Athletics. I'm Jeff Turiel. Whether you found us on your favorite podcast platform or on UCSDTritons.com, thank you for joining us this week. If you enjoy what you hear, take a moment to subscribe, rate the show, or write us a brief review. Before we get to this week's conversation with Sid Brown, let's go around campus. A total of five Tritons from the men's and women's swim and dive programs were recognized for their success in the classroom and in the pool by college sports communicators. You can read more about those accolades on UCSDTritons.com. Men's basketball junior Bryce Pope became the 14th Triton in program history to reach 1,000 career points in UC San Diego's win at first place UC Irvine. Men's volleyball freshman Josh Schellinger has done it again. He was named Big West Freshman of the Week for the third time already this season. Sports San Diego recently announced a prestigious college basketball tournament that will air on national television will take place over Thanksgiving at Lion Tree Arena. You can learn more on UCSDTritons.com. And this week's University Credit Union Athletes of the Week are Lexi Stahl from Women's Water Polo and Anthony Ionson from Baseball. Congrats to those two. Now it's on to this week's Triton Spotlight. Here's our conversation with women's basketball grad student, Sydney Brown. Sid, let's start with an easy one. How old were you when you started playing basketball? Um, about seven years old, I think, or second grade. And were you playing other sports at that time? Um, I played a few other sports, but not much. I wasn't very invested in softball. I mostly just liked the relay races at the end of it because I was young and that's what we did. So yeah, basketball, I definitely was my first um, like real sport. <laughs> and do you remember, was there a, an incident or a, a specific reason why at that age you picked up a ball or was it just kind of handed to you? Yeah, I don't really remember exactly. I just was definitely into sports at a young age. Um, and I feel like a ball was handed. To, yeah, I don't know. Can't remember exactly. But your father, Derek, played in the NFL. He's tight end. Do you have any memories of his playing career? No, because I was born when he retired. I was Got announced it. at the game when he was playing for the Cardinals still. And then I took over his life. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So. Did you grow up in a sports family, even though you weren't necessarily playing ball till you were seven? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. And how would you describe your family unit as a youngster? Um, I was definitely just very close family knit. Um, I grew up with, you know, my brother who I was always playing basketball with at a young age, my grandparents and aunt and uncle and cousins who live within 20 minutes. So we were all very close. So it wasn't just your immediate family. I mean, it was like family, family as well was all kind of part of your upbringing. Yes. Yep. And so was there a point where you maybe started to become more coordinated and good at basketball? 
Yeah, I actually was not the most coordinated at all. Hand or hand eye coordination was not there for a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't aggressive until about um I would say middle school. I would started getting, you know, I started working out a lot with like certain basketball trainers and then really just fell in love with the game. So at that point, were you serious about it or you were still just a kid playing ball and and trying to be better? I feel like I've been so serious all of my life, obviously. And when I was very young, I wasn't so serious about it. But I feel like once I was in definitely six, like seven, definitely sixth, seventh grade, like I started playing AU, it was it was definitely already serious about basketball. And and at that age, where were you on the height spectrum? Were you average height? Were you taller than your peers? Yeah, I was always pretty tall. I kind of grew a solid three inches every year and then stopped. I think in like eighth or ninth grade, I've been the same height, like six foot, I want to say. So at that point, you'd had enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so when you got to, say, high school, was there a point when you started thinking about maybe trying to play collegiately? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, I was on different AAU teams and I knew I wanted to continue playing and that was something I wanted to do for college. And so take me through the recruiting process. You ended up at Columbia University in New York. How did that happen? Uh, the recruiting process was the most stressful thing ever. Um, <laughs> I I went to just a normal public high school in New York um, up until my I played my junior year and then I actually decided to go to Blair Academy, a prep school in New Jersey, and I reclassed um, my junior year. So I went to Blair for two years. I was a year younger than everyone. I had no idea where I wanted to go to school, and I wanted to play a bit more like on the perimeter and really develop more guard skills. So that was definitely a great choice for me. And then, yes, I ended up at Columbia my freshman year, which was not happy with, so then decided to transfer, and it was definitely a good decision. Let's go back to Blair for a moment, because I know that school is known for for wrestling. Was was basketball important there as well? Yeah, basketball definitely was important. I mean, my class I played with when I was a senior, Olivia Miles, who's huge at Notre Dame now. I played with she was a freshman. Wow. Dom, who was at was at UCLA and then just transferred to USC. Another teammate, Oname, who went to Duke to play. So yeah, it was a it was really an amazing experience. There, you know, kids went there just for school from diff- all different countries around the world. But then also sports was huge at Blair. You know, football, uh, yeah, especially basketball too. So you you mentioned your Columbia experience wasn't great, but before we kind of delve into that, why why did you choose Columbia? What about it made you decide to go there? You know, I just thought it was like a good choice. I was like, it's far enough away from home, but also still, you know, driving distance two and a half hours away. I was excited to, you know, be a part of a program that maybe could change the Ivy League around, but it just wasn't a great fit for me. And yeah. And so at some point you decide to look elsewhere, take us through how that journey ended at UC San Diego for you. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I decided to enter the transfer portal and then UCSD was actually the first school to reach out. And at the time my mom was like, Sid, you're not going all the way to California. Like, don't be ridiculous. And then, (laughs) um, 
I ended up taking my visit with her and it was a no brainer. <laughs> At that time, UC San Diego was still competing in division two, although of course division one was right around the corner. Was yeah. that a factor at all, knowing that you would have to quote unquote step down and level of play when you decided to come here? It was, um, it, it just worked out so perfectly because I knew I was going to be able to come in and play right away with it being the last year division two. And then um, knowing that it was going to make that transition to division one was seemed like a perfect opportunity for me. So you get to La Jolla and the team was obviously pretty good that year and had a great year in the CCAA in the final year of Division Two. How would you describe the fit? Did it take you a moment to adjust to life at UCSD or did you fit in right away? I have to say this was one of like my first visits that I really just felt really comfortable like with the girls and with the team. I was able to play pickup and scrimmage with them and I really just felt comfortable and fit in. You know, obviously it took some time and some adjustments and learning different things, but overall it was a it was a really a great transition. You had a great season that year, all academic accolades, all CCA accolades. Uh, what do you remember most about that year before the season was cut short by the pandemic? Um, winning the championship. That was nice to be able to compete for a championship. And then obviously it was disappointing with the COVID um, when we were in regionals for Hawaii, actually. So, but yeah, it was a great, it was a great season. And as I recall, so definitely correct me if I if I don't remember this correctly, but as I recall, you were going out to Hawaii to compete in the regionals and, and literally that's when the NCAA canceled the tournament while you were in flight. So you landed in Hawaii and basically turned around and flew home, right? Yeah, we were already there. We practiced for a day and then like I'm seeing all of the other conferences are getting canceled. But in my head, I'm like, we're in Hawaii. Like nobody, COVID's not here a thing yet here. Like we're fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was really sad. That was actually really, really sad, but yeah. And how did you all as a, as a team cope with going from the emotional high of getting ready to compete in a postseason to all of a sudden you're done and nobody obviously at that time knew if or when you'd ever compete again? It was a really, really weird time. It's honestly strange to look back on just the whole world going on pause and especially not knowing when we're going to compete again. Obviously, I'm grateful that we got to play that whole season and win the championship. But um, yeah, it was a really weird time of just not knowing when we're going to play, like what is happening in the world. Um, yeah. We're chatting with Sydney Brown from women's basketball this week on Triton cast the next fall, the University's athletics department would begin its transition to NCAA Division One in the Big West Conference. For you all in, in basketball, that meant playing Big West games. Although, again, with the pandemic raging, scheduling was difficult and cancellations were common. What do you remember about that time, not knowing, you know, how test results were going to turn out on a given day, and so whether you'd be playing hours from now or not? Yeah, uh, that was pretty stressful. Or I don't know, it was just weird you know frustrating because obviously everyone wants to play we're testing every other day but I mean at least we got to play in the non-con or the conference all of our non-conference games I think were canceled but we were able to play you know some games still did get canceled in the conference but it was a really weird time of just not knowing what's going on when we're going to play next 
So obviously a lot of returning teammates of yours from that CCA championship team into the first season of Big West Play team. Was there anything you were able to share having experienced Division One basketball already from Columbia? Um, okay, yeah. I mean, I didn't really get the opportunity to play so much at Columbia. So it wasn't, honestly, the way that I, we came, I came in when we were still Division Two wasn't far off. I think a lot of times divisions are, you think, oh, Division One, Division Two, but I really don't think the jump, obviously it's an adjustment. Girls are bigger, girls are faster, but um, overall, I don't think it's um, as much of a jump as people think it is. And so how would you describe that first Big West season? You mentioned not playing non-conference games and then the Big West games uh, at the start of the the calendar year were kind of hit or miss, but the ones that you did play uh, as a team, how would you uh, assess that season? I mean, I think we did pretty well for it being our first year division one. Obviously there's always room for improvement and I'm never really satisfied. Um, But um, I think really coming in without having any of those preseason games, we came in and were able to work pretty well together and made a dent in the conference. And once again, that year, for you, all academic, Big West, Big West honorable mention, how did you or how do you generally balance academics and athletics? It's a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always just been one that needs her planner, needs to prioritize things and just stay organized with school and missing classes for games and talking to my teachers. But um you're just able to have to you have to be able to find that balance between school and basketball, especially here at a high level institution. I know you mentioned a little bit ago that you didn't have the best experience at Columbia, but certainly being an Ivy League school, it's terrific academically. Uh, what are the similarities between Columbia and UC San Diego as far as the academic challenges? I have to say UCSD is harder than Columbia, but. Uh... Um, I think, you know, it's, they're definitely, I was only there my freshman year, so it was mostly just like the core classes at Columbia, where here I feel like a lot of it, you know, is STEM science heavy, but, you know, they're both challenging and different in their own ways. And meanwhile, while this program is going through the transition, while we are all experiencing and trying to survive COVID, you and your family had some major challenges as well for our listeners who are not familiar with your story. Your mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. What was your immediate reaction and how is you, how did you as a family kind of come together to support one another? Yeah. Um, my mom had lung cancer for four and a half years. So she was diagnosed, um, when I was going to Blair actually in high school. Um, so, you know, people don't look, you know, Throughout COVID and the pandemic, a lot of times people were going crazy, but I'm very grateful for that because I was able to be home for six months that I never would have been able to be. Be, And I was home with my mom. We're hanging out as a family. It was honestly a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, obviously cancer sucks. And um, but yeah, I'm definitely grateful to have had time with my mom. And that's that makes so much sense. And that's such an interesting perspective, obviously. When you were with her during that time during COVID while we were all at home and in isolation, 
Uh, what kinds of things did you do? Did it seem relatively quote unquote normal? Yeah, I mean, it was such a strange time, but, you know, I'd have my online classes. My brother and I would work out. We both actually were injured at the time. I was healing my stress fracture and my brother tore his meniscus. So I'm like, well, I guess it's a good time to have these injuries. So we would do like our little ball handling in the basement because it was freezing cold at the time in the in New York. We would do like form shots outside when we couldn't jump yet. Um, and then we would, you know, we would just eat together as a family, watch TV shows, lots of TV shows, I guess, <laughs> but just hang out, go on family walks, walks and stuff once it got warmer and yeah, it was a lot of fun. And how was uh, when campus reopened, sort of, not to the full degree, obviously, but certainly to the fact that you were allowed to be back on campus and for you all as scholar athletes hoping to practice and play games, how challenging was that for you to to leave her and, and come back to California? Um, it, was, it wasn't so challenging. I think the weird thing is even though my mom technically was sick for four and a half years, it wasn't like she was sick until like the last three or four months. So when I was home with her, it was just like, all right, let's watch a movie. Let's go for a walk. Let's go do some stretching, some yoga. It wasn't like she was sick. Like I said, even though she did have cancer. Um, So then when I came back, it was kind of exciting still to be able to get back to like playing games. And obviously my mom was one that always wanted me to be having fun, like just having fun and um, doing my best with basketball and all that. And this is an impossible question, but can you put into words what it was like to lose her in 2021? Uh, Terrible. Um, It was, it was, it's an indescribable feeling, really. Um, it still doesn't even really feel exactly right, or you think it's not real life, but I feel like she's just totally still here in a way and has instilled such a foundation with like my brother and I that everything I do is for her, and I like remind myself of her all the time. Or she, um, yeah. What kinds of things do you either individually or you all as a family do daily or regularly to honor her memory? Um, I have lots of similarities with her, but um, I feel like, you know, obviously with after losing her, I became really, really close to my aunt and she's been so amazing to my brother and I, and obviously still having my dad and my grandparents, but you know, just keeping our family close and being there for each other. And then also just, you know, she was addicted to lychee ices and boba and things <laughs> like that. So shop, I recently, like, I didn't love shopping. She would make me go shopping and I wouldn't love it. But now I love shopping. So now every excuse when I buy something is, oh, my mom would want me to. And, oh, I need the lychee icy my mom would be chugging a lychee icy she was chugging lychee icy up until two days before she passed so <laughs> oh my goodness that's that's so funny how that works what about yeah. the, the support from your triton family from the other scholar athletes and your coaching staff on your team yeah no, no it's definitely be good it's definitely been great and you know just having my closer friends to be there with me whether it's just watching a movie or being distracted or letting me, you know, go through photos and videos of them showing her 
it's really weird sometimes because sometimes I forget that some of my teammates never even met her. And I know my mom would have loved them so much, but um, it, it is a weird thing that sometimes I literally forget like, oh, you never met my mom. So the last two seasons, the women's basketball program has hosted a lung cancer awareness night. Uh, what does that mean to you? And, and what are the goals of, of that night? Yeah, I definitely, I helped organize that, which is something that I kind of just wanted to do um, in her, her honor. You know, the first year we were put, putting together these Love for K bags, which she pretty much started this tradition um, when she was going through treatment because she hated seeing people alone in the waiting rooms getting treatment without any family. So it's just this little like goodie care package um, bags that she put together with my aunt. And then we continued the tradition around her birthday last year. And that was something that was just kind of announced at the game and just a quick little um, honor to honor her and remember her and not get too sad before I still have a game to play. Yeah, but I know you feel like she's there with you in the stands supporting you even today. Yes, she definitely helped me out on the game this year. That's for sure. What a memorable night that was. Did you did you have a feeling that was going to be a special night? I mean, like, yes, but I feel like I didn't know. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, it's got to be a good game, like the lung cancer game, like for my mom. But then, you know, I feel like I hit the first shot. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be a good night. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time she was able to see you play in person? Do you remember? Um, I'm trying to think. I remember, like... My last game, I'm not remembering the game she was at in 2021. Wait, was 20, were fans allowed in 2021? I get so mixed up throughout these years. <laughs> uh, no. I, no. So 2020 something, right. I guess. Yeah, I get so confused. This COVID and these years are weird. But I do remember the last game of the 2021 season, which was like the beginning of March. Um I, my mom called, called me after the game. It, I actually had a buzzer beater, and my mom was like able to watch it. And that was I at Fullerton, her. right? Yeah, that was I remember at that. So I, she was watching the game from home because there weren't, weren't fans allowed. Um, so she was able to watch that, which was awesome. So at least she got to see that. And then I was able to go home, home with her, go home for like the, her, the last few weeks. That's absolutely amazing. We're chatting with Sydney Brown this week on Triton Cast. Last summer, you earned the Big West Service and Leadership Award. Why is community service so important to you? Because it extends beyond uh, what you're doing for lung cancer awareness and certainly in memory of your mother. Yeah, definitely. I think community service, I've always just wanted, had this passion for like helping others. And then especially... You know, I think it's escalated and you realize how, um, you know, short life is and you just want to help others and make a positive impact on the world and the people around you. I feel like that's really I've learned that and believe that way more since my mom passed. But, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. But I really think it is bigger than basketball. Obviously, I work really hard with basketball and with school, but just doing various community service um things in the past few years has 
made me happy. And I know um, my mom always liked doing those things and giving back and helping others. So last year you earned your degree in human developmental sciences. What went into the decision for you and your classmates to come back this year? Um, I, yeah, I knew I wanted to come back. Definitely didn't want to be done playing already. And I was looking into this public health program. Um, a teammate that already graduated was in it and really enjoyed it. So thought it was a perfect opportunity to be able to start my master's and play another year. And as that core group of you all who came back this year, were you convincing one another or what did everybody reach their own decision? Yeah, everyone, like I, it was a little confusing, but yeah, everyone reached their own decision. Um, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, what the other girls were going to end up doing, but yeah, everyone decided on coming back. And so having that bonus year this year, what have you done? Not just on the court, but just to try to make the most of it. Um, I really think that this year we have been closer than we ever have. Unfortunately, I feel like it hasn't always um, translated to the court, but I'm really, really happy with the team and how well, you know, we're all able to hang out and do everything together with. And I obviously am grateful for every game. And it is sad and it's weird that there's only two games left with them, with the girls I've been playing with and the close um friends that I've made in the past few years. Have you been throughout this season, this bonus season, if I don't know what else to call it, have you been trying to soak things in a little bit more? You know, this is the last time I'll be playing at Hawaii. This is the last time I'll be playing in Irvine, those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm just trying to enjoy every moment because obviously it doesn't last forever and it's, yeah. You know, last summer you were, UC San Diego nominee for the prestigious NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Uh, What did that honor mean to you? That honestly was probably my most proud honor, just because, like I said, it's bigger than basketball. And, you know, um, in the past few years, I've obviously gone through a lot with losing my mom and being able to continue to work hard, not just in the classroom and on the court, but um, like we kind of talked about just the different community service things, the love for K bags, putting together the lung cancer games and the longevity walk for my mom um, is something that I'm, I am proud of. And you mentioned a moment ago that this year you're now pursuing a master's in, in public health. What is it that you want to do once you earn that degree? You know, that's a really good question. <laughs> um I've just always been interested in health and wellness and like holistic meditation, nutrition, yoga, all of that. Obviously, like playing basketball almost my whole life, Um, being into sports and just wellness, mental health, all of that. I think that's so important. And, you know, obviously it's just starting to be talked about and kind of normalized more, but something along the lines of health and wellness and helping people, whether that be athletes or what not. Do you see yourself going back to upstate New York or staying here in California or maybe something different altogether? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's kind of amazing here. I don't know about going back to New York. I wish my family wasn't so far away, but 
they definitely always make their trips and this is definitely my happy place you need to start sending sending more pictures i guess yeah i send a lot of photos of my food and the sun and everything every day <laughs> i love it so are you ready for some quick picks yes all right let's do it ocean or pool that's so hard i love both <laughs> um uh ocean you don't have to ask it back as a question there's no wrong answer it's whatever you want it's so hard i love the pool but i also love the beach and the ocean that one's impossible fair enough all right we'll move on beach or mountains beach sunrise or sunset sunset are you not a morning person or you just like sunset better oh, i am not a morning person no <laughs> Totally respect that. I can obviously relate. Uh, favorite food? Sushi. Favorite topping on a pizza? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm kind of veggie, like mushrooms and spinach. I don't know. That sounds so boring, but I don't really eat much meat. It's fair. Uh, what's one thing about you that would surprise even your friends? Hmm, maybe kind of thing. That I mean I was pescatarian for four and a half years. But you stopped? Yeah. Why? I just uh, said screw it, I'll eat a chicken wing. I kinda did it when my mom got sick. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. If I want a chicken wing, I'll eat a chicken wing. <laughs> I mean chicken wings are pretty good. <laughs> Singing or dancing? Dancing. I wish I could sing. Not that I can dance. Not that I can dance either. Thank you for clarifying that. That was the follow up. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Waffles, pancakes, French toast. Ooh, pancakes or French toast? Both. I'm gonna say pancakes. Any toppings? Oh, blueberry pancakes. I also just had today, actually, um, coconut mango pancakes. I went out for breakfast. I'm a big foodie. (laughs) That sounds ridiculously incredible. They were delicious. Do you cook? Um, A little bit, but I don't love it. I like cooking breakfast, but... Which, Which one of your current teammates is the best cook? Um, Katie actually cooks a lot. She had uh, like all of us over and was cooking for us, which was really nice this summer. What was on the menu? Um, what was on the menu? That was kind of a while ago. Um, you know, just like a classic spaghetti dinner, little pasta party type of thing. But to cook for all of us was impressive. Very extremely. I have to ask her about that. Uh, reading or writing? Neither. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) girl at UCSD. Um, reading, I guess. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> you can say neither. That's valid. It no, doesn't I mean, do. It doesn't mean you're not going to do your schoolwork. <laughs> when I do get into a good book, that's good. But just, <laughs> this is too funny now. <laughs> what is your favorite type of music? Um, I'm kind of a weirdo and barely listen to music. This is going to be the funniest uh thing ever but yeah i listen to just my old like lose yourself before every game um i've been doing that since about sixth grade same pregame ritual okay it's a little um i don't know what's the word risque for a sixth grader no 
Maybe, yeah, sorry. Probably not sixth grade, maybe like eighth grade. Well, even still, but okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so not much of a music person. So playlists or podcasts or neither? I've been starting to listen to a little bit more podcasts. Like, and I'll listen to music. Like my friends will play music and I'm like, oh, I like this song, but I just never am one that will have on earbuds and listen to music. I don't know. I'm weird. It's not weird. No judgment. What's one place you've never been that you most want to visit? Ooh, good question. Thank you. I would say Spain or somewhere that Europe. I've never been to Europe. It's interesting. No judgment. Interesting that you chose Spain uh, when you're then broadening out to Europe on a macro level. So why'd you say Spain right away? I don't know why, to be honest with you. I mean, it's on my list too. So again, I think that's great. I'm just curious. Um, I just think it would be really cool and fun. I want to practice my Spanish, eat food, and just have new experiences and travel. We got to revisit this foodie thing because you're speaking my language now. Where did, where did your love of food come from? I, uh, I don't know. Since I was a young girl. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good thing I play basketball because my mom always said, I'm worried for you when you stop playing because you eat a lot. <laughs> well, real quick aside. So after next week when the season ends, do you see yourself continuing to play recreationally? Yeah, honestly, I just don't. I don't. <laughs> I played for my whole life. I'm not ready to be done with it yet. So I'm going to see what kind of opportunities I have to potentially maybe keep playing a little bit. But yeah. Love it. That's great. All right. Now let's get back to the food talk. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, I'm going to say birthday cake. Interesting. Love it. Uh, Love what, about, what about um, tacos or burritos? Um, tacos. You mentioned sushi earlier. What's your go-to role? Uh, I just love a good uh, salmon nigiri or a salmon avocado roll. I'm a sushi snob, and I'll say it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Which one of your current teammates thinks they're the funniest? Thinks they're the funniest? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, we're a pretty funny bunch, I have to say. All right, fine. <laughs> then who is the funniest? Who is the funniest? I'm going to say... Izzy, my bestie Izzy. That's super. What makes her so funny? She's just kind of like a silent assassin. It's like people won't really know it, and then she'll start talking, and you realize how funny she actually is. I love that. Silent assassin. That's brilliant. Same with how she plays, yep. If you could play another sport at UC San Diego for one day, what would you play? Um, Volleyball. I feel like we get that answer a lot. Why is that? Because volleyball seems so fun. And I did play when I was in middle school, too. I played volleyball and I ran track in high school. Um, but yeah, volleyball is fun. When you were pescatarian, or now, either way, um, what's your favorite fish? My consume? favorite fish. Um, My favorite, probably salmon. And how do you want that prepared? My aunt makes this delicious, um, like salmon salad, and it's just so fresh and delicious. Sounds pretty good to me. Yes. Although I don't, um, I don't know if they have salmon in Spain though. Yeah, I'm sure they have other fun stuff like paella and all that. 
Oh my goodness gracious. We got to go. We got to go. <laughs> Sid, thanks so much for joining us this week. No problem. Thank you. Sydney's attitude and perspective are both so inspiring. And on the court, she leads the Tritons in both scoring and rebounding. Brown will play her final home game at UC San Diego on Saturday, March 4th against Cal State Fullerton. Be sure to join us for an all-new Triton cast next week when we chat UCSD swimming and diving. And be sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a moment. New episodes of Triton Cast premiere each Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Don't forget you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms by searching Triton Cast wherever you get your pods. And a reminder that you can listen to any of our 75 episodes whenever you want on demand. Just visit UCSDTritons.com slash podcasts. For more on Triton Cast, follow us on Twitter at TritonCast. And if you have a suggestion for a future guest, send us a tweet or email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to TritonCast. TritonCast is a production of UC San Diego Athletics Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your platform of choice. If you have show questions or comments or suggestions for future guests, email us at tritoncast at ucsd.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at tritoncast. Thank you.